Hi, and welcome to the Crit Hit Wild podcast, where we talk about all things Marvel Crisis Protocol and review a different character every week. I'm your host, Jared. I'm Brad. I'm Brandon. And uh, yeah, Fred is not here this week. Uh, I am back. Neither in, is Steven. In, neither is Steven. Uh, I'm back in the uh, hosting chair. Uh, for those of you who maybe are recent listeners and didn't go through our, our back catalog, I was uh, one of the original hosts for, for Crit Hit Wild. And I'm very, very excited to be back. So uh, before we get anything else, how are you guys doing? Ooh, this is new. You didn't ask last time. I'm doing pretty good. I'm eating some fruity pebbles now. That's that's good. I'm upset. Brad. I'm upset. You're upset. I'm upset. Uh, yeah. Did did he's do, not do, as traditional fine. Do we want to give them a, a small taste of what just happened, or you want to leave that just out in the in the aether? The gremlins ate another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a recent death we just had for our episode. So, uh, yeah, but we're, we're we're rolling through this again. Um, yeah, so uh, we got the we got the old band back together again. So, uh, uh, just a small uh, preface for the episode. Uh, this is my first time back in a long time, and I haven't played MCP in like since I think fall. I mean, I played yesterday. That was my first game since the fall. Uh, but I haven't actually done a whole lot with MCP since the fall of last year due to due to life stuff. So take everything that I say with a grain of salt as we, we go through the episode. But uh, Yeah, so going on to news and announcements that we have. We have three tactics cards uh, that have been released for the Squirrel Girl and Gwynpool box. Uh, I know that Brad would like to save Inexplicable Demise. <laughs> I forgot all about these. <laughs> for uh, for last, uh, I have amazing. Uh, what's what's the precognition? Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah. yeah I know what's. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna have that all episodes. <laughs> um, yeah. So the first card uh, that we're gonna take a look at uh, that got released was no try this one. Oh, you did me different. It's unaffiliated. Uh, okay, no, no, I'm gonna keep him in no the same No, try order. this one. Go ahead. No, no, try this one was the second one you did last time. Yeah. Oh, shit. I did. <laughs> I, I, did it, I did it. I did it backwards. Uh, keeping you guys on your toes. That's all I'm doing. Uh, no, try this one. It is unaffiliated. This is a shit show. <laughs> this is unreal. Uh, it's unaffiliated. It's good that I am back. This makes sense. Like, this is on brand, right? This is the stuff I was missing from the first time we recorded this. The, the, the absolute mess. Uh, it's unaffiliated, it's reactive. During the cleanup phase, Gwynpool may play this card. Choose an unused team tactic card from your roster that meets the squad affiliation requirements of your squad at squad creation. Add the chosen card to your available team tactics cards. It may be played this game. So you take this one in your five, and it lets you audible out into another card that you have uh, consisted from what, what's left in your ten, or your other five, right? Uh, so Brad, we'll start with you. What do you think about this card? Uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's got a lot of potential. If uh, you can play any cards you would normally be allowed to play in your five, if you can pull from those, that'd be cool. Like the affiliated cards, the neutral cards, the character cards. It gives you some versatility. So keep in mind, like we're not a hundred percent sure that you yeah. can do character cards, right? Like, we're thinking that maybe you can, but it might be it, a little bit more limited. We it might, might uh, go on the rules. The first time, but... I thought it had to be, like, a specific affiliation, so, like... Yeah, yeah that, that I mean, that might be what be it is. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, that, that might be the case. But, um... There's a lot of maybes here. If it can use any of them, it's real strong. But if it's only squad affiliation... Like affiliated only cards, like that's still probably okay. But uh, you actually had you, you have some pretty good points for like affiliated, right? Because you're talking about CS. Yeah, like with Criminal Syndicate, um, I think it gives you kind of like a little bit of variety because you there's you have your two restricted cards, and then you have like character specific cards that you really like to take, um, like Lizard's card specifically, Rhino's card specifically. Um, with the new Modoc, you might want to take one of those. Um, so to be able to like kind of hide or tuck 
like all according to plan um because there are games where you just always have priority like they might go wider than you and you always have priority you never need all according to plan um so like you can tuck it like you never have to use it uh and you can kind of hide like that and shadow organization so that and then it's like when you actually need one uh you know like especially all according to plan if it's like oh i lost priority this round i need it i have to activate first next round or like this game's gonna lose now you play this in the cleanup phase now you get all according to plan so during the next power phase you're able to pay for it do it and it kind of just keeps your opponent on the test if you can use any card it's miles better yeah, because Shat you just take like your affiliated cards and you take it, and now if you need this as robbery or monkey brain as lizard home or mind games or simpleton or exceptional healing, or you know recalibration matrix or versatile strategy, um, anything like that, you can then sub in kind of on the fly. Shadow Org is like I think one of the, like the best examples that you could probably say because like like you want it like let's say that you're playing in a matchup that like can bring a lot of guns it's so like let's say that you have something like avengers can put like a lot of blasters on the table and stuff like that it's so like let's say you're going into avengers and they have the option to like bring quite a few blasters or they have uh the option to bring like a bunch of beaters right like shadow org is that card that you want sometimes and you might go into a match and you think they're going to put down a bunch of beaters and before like if you had shadow org you would risk taking it and they could just be like a dead card or they could audible into like guns and then you can just switch this out and take shadow org right so like that's like one of the best examples i think uh for the card yeah i really like that's the two i would probably like keep hidden or all according to plan in shadow org like like mentally yeah. um but it's also something that now like that person has to like Think about the rest of the cards in your list and kind of prepare for them, um, especially with as good as tactics cards are getting, where usually you have 10 and like they're usually really good. And most like top of the top top affiliations, like you're usually very flush yeah. with uh, cards. Yeah, so very good for like tactics card dense uh, affiliations. But all right, so then uh, we have another card. They say keep your enemies close. This is unaffiliated. It's active. Uh, Squirrel Girl or Gwynpool may spend three power to play this card. During the next attack made by the character that played this card, if that attack targets an enemy character within one, the target character rolls no defense dice during the attack. So a very execute style uh, card here. Then it has, during the next attack made by the character that played this card, if that attack targets an enemy character that is not within one, after the attack is resolved, place the target character within one of the character that played this card. So you get an either-or effect, right? Which is really, really cool. So either one of them plays it, you use it very offensively, uh, and then within one they don't roll any defense dice, which I think that they both have... Uh, pretty good like attacks that they can do uh and roll no defense dice can get you that key ko uh but the other uh portion of it is the during the attack if they're not within one place the target character within one of the character that played the card you do this late game and you pull or displace somebody off a point maybe you displace like a really big boy like a hulk use a range four attack to pull them off put them on the opposite side of the character that played it it's, it's very very good what do you think brandon yeah, I think this card's really, really good. Um, I think it might be slightly better with Gwynpool just because she has a bigger attack. Um, but I think it's still really good. Squirrel Girl, like the big the thing with Squirrel Girl, it's a little bit more situation because you need to have the token on her so you can get the rerolls. Um, and then you can do it where uh the stabby swords has like the pierce uh, the, the pierce doesn't matter but it has like she has a eight dice spender that damages other characters um so if you're within one uh it might be like a battle royale happening like there might be other models nearby and now um all other characters within two of the uh, target characters suffer damage and gain incinerate um so it's kind of like a nice little like kill one damage on everything i got you what do you think brad uh i think it that just for the first part it's so good like it is 
similar to that Corvus Approxima card, which is an amazing card. Like, especially with Squirrel Girl, you get if you still have your token, you get two rerolls. She's gonna do a lot of damage with that hit. Like, I yeah. really like that. And uh, that might be the something. thing I didn't mention, uh, which I guess I want to mention real quick uh, from the first time we talked about it is the just the fact that they or especially Gwenpool has range four attack. So you can be outside of range four, place it on the other side of you, and then you can then spend two power in place. So it's just like, all right, bye. Yeah. And now you just jettison out of there. And and that might be like where Squirrel Girl does get like her rerolls and stuff. Like she might be better to try to play the execute style portion, and then Gwenpool might be better to try to play the displace uh, portion of it. But. Yeah, the displace is definitely. I think the. I mean, for three, just the displace part's really good. Like yep. you don't. Like the other. The other point's just like an added bonus. Like it's a really good card. Yep, very very good. All right, and then we have inexplicable demise. This is unaffiliated. It's active during Squirrel Girl's activation. She may spend X power to play this card. And uh, you got your calculator handy, there, Brad. Uh, I don't think we need it this time. You got all the numbers memorized. Uh, close uh, choose, he's choose so, an enemy. He's so sassy right now. <laughs> choose an enemy character within two, and with a threat value of X or less, roll a number of dice equal to the chosen character's threat value. If the roll contains one of the following combinations of results, you may apply the corresponding effect. Uh, so we have five uh, bullet points here. The first one is if you roll a crit, the chosen character gains slow. Crit wild will gain uh, use slow and stagger on the chosen character. Crit wild hit will give them slow stagger and root. Crit wild hit and shield is going to net you slow stagger root and stun. And then finally, crit wild hit shield skull. Chosen character is KO'd just outright. Um, an interesting one to say the least. Definitely the most fun. Uh, we'll start with you, Brad. What do you think? Um, it's certainly fun. Um, not reliable with low threat, but against high threat, it could, um, could be clutch. Like, uh, we were talking in the Discord earlier that against, like, seven, eight threat characters, the, uh, to just take them off the table is something like a 10% and it it's over 20% with Heimdall. I would take a one in five or even a one in 10 to make them take their Thanos or their Dormammu off the table. If you're looking at like a six threat, the crit wild and the hit, that's like a 20%, right? Uh, yeah, it was somewhere in that neighborhood. Something like that. Yeah. So, ideally getting like you, you want the slow and the stagger and pretty much to get value out of this you're probably going to want to go for chunky voice which is thematic for the card i mean the artwork is her punch the thanos in the face but what do you think brandon yeah this is the type of card i want more of in the game just something really fun um not necessarily game breaking or broken, but I think this is one of those cards where you have a ton of fun with, and then when you pull it off, like you get to tell that story for like the rest of time. Yeah, like it's it's definitely like very 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 fun. Um, I would say if you're looking at this card, maybe competitively, uh, it's not the most reliable card. I think if you have like a Hulkbuster, a Hulk, like I think if you have at least like a six threat model, you're probably going to get value out of it because I think the chances of you getting the slow and the stagger are, are decent enough. It might be worth it. Uh, I don't know if it's fully worth the the tactics card slot, but I mean, you may just absolutely you, you get roll up on a Malekith and you, you pop off and you get like the slow stagger root and stun, which will absolutely just neuter a Malekith. So, I mean, that could be pretty game-winning for you. Uh, definitely very, very fun. Uh, one of the things I want to point out about these tactics cards is that, like, this is a very, very, like, cool spread that we have for this box. So, like, no, try this one is, like, niche and situationally good. They say keep your enemies close is, like, really good and, like, very competitive card. And it's 
probably can be stapled to these characters. Like, it's just really, really good. And then you have Inexplicable Demise, which is just, like, a fun card that's definitely good to take in in casual nights, at least, uh, at, at the minimum. Uh, so I think, like, having a spread like this, having, like, a niche card, a really, really good card, and then, like, a fun card is, like, the perfect spread for a box. I don't know what you guys think, but... You do know that we think we had this conversation already. <laughs> I do. <laughs> You know what you think? <laughs> I'm a fucking wizard. I know exactly what you're thinking. Uh, uh, but you made some you made some pretty good points, Brandon. Like you, you said, you were pretty happy about that, right? Yeah, this is the if I can get the spread in every single box, like I I think the game's in a perfect spot. Like I think these are the three that you really like the three kind of varieties. Like a really fun card. This is all I wanted out of like Hulk Immortal Hulk because I just wanted like one like, really super fun like tabletop card. Like these are the cards that get people excited to play the game at their house. Like this is these are the cards that like make that grow the game, um, essentially. Like this is fun and it's not like obnoxiously bad. Like it's a literal, it's a fun card, but it's not like really bad. No, it's not bad. It's just fun. Like a fun card that is also bad. A good example of that is uh, Fearful Symmetry, <laughs> the 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 Craven card, where yeah. like you daze Peter Parker and then you turn into Peter Parker. Like I don't know. It's like so hard to like it's kind of fun but it's so hard to do and it's really actually like not that great so i don't know but yeah uh well that's all we have i think for uh updated news brad do you want to go over some cerebro news with us yeah um well the first cerebro news is i added the ko trigger for this card um the rest of them were already on there but i added the ko trigger uh, I want to thank my Patreons for allowing me the opportunity to uh, work on that site and app more than um, I would normally get to. And with that, I also have I have I have a SharePoint app. It is live on the website version, uh, pointbreaksw.com. And if you search on the Android App Store, uh, Google Play App Store, you can find it at, on there as well. And it will be on the iOS App Store as soon as I can get the app approved. It's been declined twice. Um, it's kind of a ridiculous... What reason. are their reasons? What are their reasons? So they said there's not enough like app there. Like it doesn't do enough. Which is ridiculous because there's a lot of apps that do way less than what my app does. So also the same issue you had with Cerebro too, right? No, no. Oh, I thought we had trouble getting it approved too. No, not, not I mean, for that. Look, it's for a miniatures game. Like I'm looking at it, and it's I love it. By the way, like uh, you guys should definitely get on it, check it out. Like he's got cool artwork on the back of the homepage. You can build, you can do everything that you can do with Cerebro. It's got a really cool reference page. Like it's, it's really good. Yeah. Like you did a great job on it. I don't. What what do they want? Like I don't know. I, they it want me is, to be able to like it is pay so... my fucking mortgage on this. Like <laughs> like what? Do you... it's, it's so it's great. vague. Like, I don't understand. I think it's because that would there be a really cool addition. I don't think to be able to pay your mortgage. Yeah, Brad, can you put that in? No. Uh, I think it's because there aren't a lot of (laughs) card options right now, but like, that's not my fault. So I've sent them a message back outlining why I think that what they've told me is ridiculous. Anyway, um, there's a lot of like miniatures game list builders out there that are literally just list builders that don't have a reference section, don't have a card browser. Like mine's doing more than some of those apps. The other thing that they told me is about, you know, copyright. They're like, this seems like it's about star Wars and it is. And I pointed out that I have everything on there was released for free by the company. And, uh, there are lots of apps where that is not true. So I didn't name any names. I'm not trying to get anything taken down, but um, the we're getting an X-Wing. The X-Wing builder does not have freely available stuff on it. It is all stuff you'd have to buy 
Um, so, I don't know. Well, regardless, I appreciate your work that you're already putting in for, for another yeah, great game. It'll be on around, iOS so. eventually, hopefully. Sooner rather than later, guys. Yeah, I, I would think so. I've I've messaged back. I'll see what they say once they have time to actually look at what I said. And hopefully they'll approve it. All right, well. Uh, yeah, so check it out. Again, that was pointbreaksw.com. And that's going to be, uh, if you're a fan of Cerebro, uh, which hopefully all of our listeners are, uh, but if you're a fan of Cerebro and you're a fan of Shatterpoint, which is going to be coming out, please uh, check that out and give Brad some support. He's, he's been working pretty hard on it. So, uh, so going on to games we played, um, I believe that there was a tournament uh, this past week that I unfortunately was not able to make. My first game was actually yesterday at our local game night, uh, and I've been putting some models on the table. I, I busted out the shield again, but I put out some models because I bought like nine boxes of MCP stuff where I've been missing out on so much. So uh, putting that together, I'm excited to play more. But why don't you cover the uh, the tournament, Brad? Uh, there are four of us. It was me, Borka, Steven, Fred. And uh, first round, I played Steven. He played Immortal Hulk. I was, I dazed Immortal Hulk. Um, and by the a- end of the game, he was fully healed and no longer had a token. So, you know, that's great. But I, w- I played an X-Men and I was able to score fast enough to win the game before he completely wrecked me. And then uh, I played against uh, Borka in the second round. And uh, I was going hard on Scenario, and he needed to start taking my models out to like get back in the game. And his dice were not cooperating. So I got to stay ahead on scenario. At one point, he put something like five energy attacks into Beast, and Beast didn't take any damage. Most of those he did have cover, and he had That's power, rough. power to reroll, but he still should have got some damage through. It Guardians is or X Men is like Guardians are pretty huge. I think like in the meta, which. Granted, I've been out of the game for a minute, but they're still like very, very prevalent in the meta. I think like they have one of the highest win rates, and X Men are just such a good counter to Guardians, like, like really good. Yeah. If if they can survive. Yeah. If they can survive. Well, congratulations on winning, Brad. Thanks. You know, I, it never clicked for me that the Immortal Hulk, like, I never caught that the green door was at the at the end of each turn. Yeah. Not just his turn. Yeah. That's pretty gross. Sure is. All right. Well, um, with that, uh, are you guys ready to take a look at this week's character? Uh, yeah. You good, Brandon? You got him pulled up? Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing else. Sorry. Oh, you're good. I was just saying if you had Colossus pulled up. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. So this week, uh, this is the Colossus episode. So we're going to take a look at Colossus. So uh, Colossus, a.k.a. How you say that, Brad? Uh, Piotr. But they usually Piotr. call him Pete or Peter. Piotr Rasputin? Uh He's clocking in at 6 stamina on his healthy side, going up to 7 stamina on his injured. Uh, he's a short mover. Oh, I'd like to clarify, he is on a medium base. So he's a short mover on a medium base, size 3. He's clocking in at 4 threat. He has a 4 physical, 3 energy, 3 mystic stat line. He has 2 attacks. He has a range 2, 5 dice physical strike. He has a standard power equal to damage dealt. And he has a wild concussive force after this attack is resolved. Target character loses one power. He has the X-Slam Spender. It's range 2, also physical. 
comes in at seven dice, costing three power. It has the stun trigger. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the stun special condition. No uh, wilds or anything needed. It just automatically does it. And then he has wild stagger. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the stagger special condition. He has the active playing catch, cost three. Uh, active superpower playing catch, cost three. Choose an interactive train feature, size three or less, within two, and throw it medium. Can only be used once per turn. He has the reactive big brother, cost two. When an allied character within two of this character is targeted by an attack, this character may use a superpower. This character becomes the target of the attack regardless of range and line of sight. He has a reactive Bozmoy, cost two. When this character is targeted by a physical or energy attack, it may use the superpower. Add two dice to this character's defense roll against that attack. And on the injured side, that changes to when defending against physical or energy, this character adds blanks in this defense roll to his total successes. So pretty good. And then finally, as two passives, organic steel, when this character was suffered damage from an enemy effect, reduce the amount suffered by one to a minimum of one, and immunity bleeds. So, uh, Brad, you're the ex-lover. Why don't you tell us what you think about Colossus? Unfortunately, he doesn't make it into my list very often. I have one list with him in it. It's X-Men Red, so that is X-Men with Red Skull 2. He's good in that list. He didn't make it in regular X-Men or in X-Force, unfortunately. He's just, he's star for power. In X-Force, he doesn't do what they want to do. In X-Men, he doesn't do what they want to do. Um, it's it's rough. He's just fighting super hard in that four threat slot, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you look at, he's got all the, I could say he's got all the tools there. He's just missing something. Like when you compare him to Psylocke, is there ever a world where you take him over Psylocke? No, not without changes. Yeah. What do you think, Brandon? I mean, he's uh, so like I think he's the fifth best four threat that Uncanny X Men have. Um, he's probably close to the same boat in X Force. Uh, I actually didn't even think about X Force really. I just think he, I just don't think he fits with X Force like at all um, on what they're really trying to do. Which is, I guess, fair. I mean, there's only, there's four four threats. He's probably tied for the third on four threats that you're taking. Um, ironically, the more I've been thinking about it, he might actually, his best fit might be in Brotherhood as far as his affiliations. Yes, I think Brotherhood's probably fine, but even then, I don't have him in my list. Yeah, I don't think he's great in Brotherhood, but at least, like, you can make a defense that, like, if you don't own, like, Juggernaut, but you want to, like, make sure Magneto stays safe, just using Colossus as, like, just a pure in-affiliation bodyguard. Because he's going to be hard to kill. Like, he's going to be tough to kill. Like, there's a lot to him that's going to make him tough. That's um, a good That's a good point. Like, he can, like, if you're not, like... It's kind of like a little sad to say, but like if you if you don't have like all the releases or there's like models that you're missing, he could like backfill for, you know, some things I guess for what you're looking for. But I think to your point, like if you don't have Juggernaut, like maybe you can play him or not. But if you have Juggernaut, you're probably playing Juggernaut. So if you if you're playing Brotherhood, you probably have Juggernaut, right? Uh, like... Yeah, well, that's real. So he's one of the hardest models to find, though. I feel like in the game. Yeah, I think I've not actually seen his kit in RLGS since release. It hasn't been there because I don't own one. And that's mostly because it has never came back in stock. Uh, but yeah, I think he's I think he's fine. It's just, again, I wish his throw, I guess, the first time for you guys because my bad. kind of forgot about that. Uh, but I think his throw is really like it's a letdown. I really wish it was a character throw. There's no reason for it not to be. I feel like like he's strong enough to do it. So yeah, that that's that that bothers me. Like there's no reason for his uh, throw not to be a character. Or sorry, I'm trying to put Emma's hand on her other hand, and I'm just struggling really hard here. Brandon's been actively. 
building models uh, during the cast, and he is struggling with Emma. Poor guy. I gave up after I finished the first one. I was like, I'm going to not do the second one for a second. And I, I did a lot better job at this one, but this second hand is not <laughs> cooperating very well. Colossus is where, like, he, like, you would think that, like, all of his stuff is, like, like, he doesn't have a bad kit. He, what he's missing is maybe some, like, extra ways to generate power or like his box came with um oh shit it's magic, it's magic not, and cloth no 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 the tactics cards what was what's the one that everybody indomitable like, indomitable like it comes with that card it would be cool if that if was he built on him yeah if like he had some kind of effect where like he couldn't be pushed by enemy superpowers uh or like mystic attacks or something like that um even if it was just like enemy superpowers that would be really cool like i think most of those things read that they can't be placed or advanced by enemy superpowers or mystic attacks it would be cool if he had something that was like can't be moved by moved or placed by like enemy superpowers or physical attacks that would actually be kind of cool if he had like a weird reverse of it if yeah, he had came some... up a lot of cool things. I like the. I think my favorite thing. I think it, I like the idea that is, if the attack doesn't do damage, that you like it doesn't damage to the attacker. That'd be pretty cool. What would you like? Because you play X Men or you play mutants more than any of us, Brad. What what's something that you would maybe? What do you think could be changed about Colossus that would maybe hope, hope like put him in a roster for you versus some other choices? At the very least, gaining power is great. Um... Not getting Get a power weird. every time this character rolls a shield. Oh, that yeah, there you go. That'd be a good one. That would be cool. Um, Beast has something. What is it? He has to roll a skull, skulls. though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give Colossus shields. There you go. The not moving thing is brilliant. Like I love that. If he just couldn't be moved, he would maybe get played in X Men. That is something that they could use. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I that. Uh, I feel like there was another thing that I just thought of and then lost. Well, he has, he's just barely missing something to kind of put yeah. him because fourth thread is just such a contested zone. And there are just some really good quality fourth threads that he just kind of gets pushed by the wayside. But before we review him, uh, there is one tactics card uh, that comes in his box that he's required for. We'll take a look at uh, fastball special. It's unaffiliated. It's active. If Colossus is within two of an allied Wolverine, both characters may spend one power to play this card. Throw the allied Wolverine medium. So pretty good there. And Wolverine, because it's animantium, he counts as a size bigger. Wolverine does not suffer collision damage during this throw. Enemy characters that he collides with roll two fewer dodge dice and suffer the bleed special condition. So, I mean, it's a really good throw, but unfortunately you have to take Wolverine and uh colossus to make this work yeah. and i don't know that you're ever doing that so if you're no. playing those two characters you're playing this card uh, yeah the, the, you're, you're right there if you do if you're uh, a mad lad you're playing both then yeah you definitely take this and there are people who i guarantee there are people playing at home that are playing those two characters just because of a fastball special that and just thematic reasons right like well yeah like this is a great card for like like i always kind of have looked at things for like a more competitive lens but for like a casual night or if you're trying to like you know play a game of marvel that has like a theme or a story behind it or something like that so you're going for more of like more of a narrative uh game this is great like this is a really really fun card well, and we've talked about it before i mean think about how for how long people try to make like um, Wolverine one work. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Wolverine one's still a little bit better than probably you guys do. But when you look at Logan, uh, that's like, what it should have been from the very beginning. It, yeah, Logan really really stomps on uh, Wolverine one. But oh, we didn't right. get to tell the people all the boxes you just recently bought. Oh, I said I bought like nine. I didn't go through it. Uh, it was a lot. I don't know that I can tell you that I probably would not have picked up Colossus of Magic. Do you own Colossus of Magic? 
I don't like I haven't been able to find them and I prefer to like get everything through through our LGS versus like getting anything online. So I've just I, been kind of staring at a Colossus I just built. That's good. For you. Just, it's it's I, a it's a bitchin' model. Like he's a super cool model. It is a really cool model. Like easy to put together, easy to paint, and just a really cool looking model. Brad, your your Colossus looks very amazing. The second one's almost that. done too. Huh? The second one is almost done. You have a set. Look at that. I can't even get a first one. You got a second one. Look at that. I feel like he borderline has three at this point. Like The rich the rich get richer. Look at you. What X-Men boxes don't you have two of? Um, That's a good question. Blob and Pyro. There's Emma Frost and Psylocke. You own all of them, right? There's no yeah. way you don't own all of them. Uh, yeah, but I, I, yeah, well, I'm talking about which ones of. he doesn't own two of. Oh, two of. Okay. Yeah, we've we've skipped one. We're we're on how many does he not have duplicates of? Uh, I, I don't have duplicates. I'm probably not going to get duplicates of Pyro and um, Blob. I'm not getting Blob. another Weapon X box. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna. Well, I will get a second. Kind of have Psylocke. You're not going to get a second Weapon Xbox, so you can have one Wolverine with the hat and one without the hat? No. Come on now, Brad. What if they come out in a non-$100 box? Maybe. (laughs) My God. That's gross. Like a Weapon X affiliation box? Mm, That'd still be pretty high. Pretty expensive. What are the affiliation boxes? What, like $75? 80 bucks? Yeah, but I'd get a bunch of characters I don't need. They're probably le- less than the, that damn Hydra tank. They would. <laughs> Got him. That, oh, you want to talk about a fun episode? The episode where I just talk shit about the price of those fucking kits. <laughs> Alright, uh, we can go ahead and grade Colossus. I think that we've we've kind of touched on everything that I mean, he's got good superpowers. He's got good health and defense. He's get, like the X Slam's a great spender, but it's just in his own affiliations, he kind of just feels pushed out a little bit by other options. So, Brad, what would you give uh, Colossus? Uh, B minus. B minus. All right, Brandon. He's okay. Oh, good. Brandon. Yeah, I mean, he just is like, there's just like, it, the hardest thing for him is that he just doesn't fit in any, he, he's affiliated three places and he doesn't truly fit in any of them. Like, he doesn't do enough for Uncanny X-Men, um, doesn't do what X-Force wants to do, and Brotherhood has elite level models, it's really hard for him to make that cut. He's really power hungry, um. I, a fun fact, I think I'm gonna I think I've hard audible to a C plus. Alright. Uh I think I'm also like my gut instinct was C plus and I think I'm kinda staying there like he's he's just so middling. Uh he, he's good. Which isn't but... a bad thing. Like he he's a fine model. Like if you like Colossus, play him. Like he's not bad. Yeah. He just when we're looking at it on the whole, there's just sometimes there's just better options, but Okay, so B minus and two C pluses. So, I feel like uh, he should be immune to incinerate. Like he can't catch him on fire, right? You want everything to be immune to incinerate. Everything. Nothing, nothing changes. I know what I'm about. <laughs> All right. Well, while you're uh, while you're already on the floor and you have the mic, you want to give us uh, some some roster talk? Yeah. Uh, if you're you know in love with Colossus, which a lot there's a lot of Colossus fans out there. I've seen. I'm on the internet. Uh, you really want to play him, you really want to make him work to his full potential. You can play him and uh, you play him with Steve in the Avengers. Um, making everything cost one less is going to make him feel a whole lot better. And uh, having another bodyguard option. Uh, preferably, probably play a lot of D's. You know, just build two teams, go up the sides. Having a bodyguard on each side that's just probably not going to die uh, makes it really hard for your opponent to deal with, especially once he starts getting power. He's then able to kind of big brother every turn because um, he does have the good one. It's not once per turn. Um, now, I mean, three power to take both hits, you're probably in a good spot and damage is being reduced. 
Uh, he's counting blanks on his backside. It's just really good place to be in. Him and Steve both bodyguarding and then counting blanks seems like really obnoxious. Yeah. After you yeah. get the one bodyguard for one though, like he could like potentially be set for the rest of the game. Like if they do get a couple chip damage in there, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's the thing is once he gets a couple damage in there with the Avengers, like he's really kind of set up for the entirety of the game. And X, and if you get to use the X slam attack, like yeah. that's a great attack. It's a yeah. really good attack. Very good. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that, Brad. Do you want to take a wild trigger on seven dice? What is it? Yeah, it's very consistent. Uh, it's probably really, I can look it up. Uh, Brad, you want to take us through some comic books? Sure. So I have a couple Colossus comic books here. A couple classics. Sixty-six percent. That's really good. Couple classic issues and then a more modern one. So the first thing is um, it was a, adapted into a couple episodes of the X Men animated series that really stuck with me as a kid. Um, and the uh, the comics are really good. So Uncanny X Men one twenty five through one twenty eight Proteus, uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne. The mysterious mutant X has escaped, and it turns out he is Moria McTaggart's reality warping son, Proteus. Um, he jumps bodies and burns them up, and is a reality warper, and is causing a lot of havoc trying to find his deadbeat dad to kill him. <laughs> and uh, X Men are having a hard time beating him so cyclops negs the whole team and makes them fight each other to get them ready and then someone steps up and saves the day and i'm gonna ask jared if he can figure out who saved the day who do you think it is is it colossus okay so this is the second take but he nailed it the first time too so good job jared yes i am three for three <laughs> um yeah, this is a. If you like Colossus, you'll probably like this story. He steps up and saves the day. The next one is Uncanny X Men 183. This is not so much a highlight for Colossus. It's by Chris Claremont and John Romita Jr. So Colossus breaks up with Kitty Pride uh, because he fell in love with an alien who doesn't speak English or Russian or any other language Peter knows. And, but he loved her on the alien planet that the Beyonder made so that the superheroes could fight each other called Secret Wars. I didn't tell you guys this Did last you watch time. the trailer for Secret Wars? Yeah. That's completely different, though. Um, it looks good, though. Do you know why Secret Wars, the comic book, happened? This is a fun story. Scrolls. No. Scrolls. Has, has, yeah. No, it has nothing to do with scrolls. So you're already no. way off base. Hasbro, I don't know. Hasbro did a survey of kids and found out that they responded very positively to the word secret and the word wars. So they oh. asked Marvel to make a comic series with all the heroes called Secret Wars so that they could sell Marvel action figures under the banner Secret Wars. Wow. And so the one of the editors at the time wrote this comic book about why these superheroes were fighting each other. And it is a threadbare plot. Um, the They adapted it in the Spider-Man animated series. Very good episodes of Spider-Man the animated series from the 90s. Anyway... Um, after all that happens, Colossus breaks up with Kitty Pride, and Wolverine says that he's gonna take him out uh, for some drinking, and Nightcrawler goes to keep them out of trouble, and they go to a bar, and Juggernaut's there, and Wolverine and Nightcrawler pick a fight with Juggernaut, so Juggernaut will beat up Colossus for breaking up with Kitty. <laughs> funny yeah so i do have a question about that yeah uh, i've i thought about it. i was gonna ask but you know we were gonna record was juggernaut in on it 
No, Juggernaut was not in on it. Oh, that's even better because like. Yeah, that's great. Okay. And they trashed the bar, and on the way out, uh, Wolverine pulls out a stack of cash and hands it to the bartender for repairs. He was where did he get all that money for this? From Charles Xavier. How does it ever talk about like his wealth? Yeah, it's partly generational and partly he used his psychic powers to invest very wisely. Uh, wow. Okay. He yeah, is good. he is canonically a multi-billionaire. Oh, okay. I got you. Um, the last story I have is Astonishing X-Men 1 through 6 Gifted. This is by Joss Whedon and John Cassidy. Joss Whedon, you may know as the writer of Buffy and other TV series. Buffy. I didn't know that he did comics. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Buffy first time you've much... ever heard that. Uh, Buffy is based <laughs> on... Buffy way cooler than X-Men. Buffy's based on Kitty Pride. Uh, is that real? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, that's real. I said it last time, too. But... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I knew that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Joss... Buffy was Joss Whedon trying to write an X-Men-inspired TV show. Um... In fact, I definitely forgot he said that, so that was news to me. Okay, and then he... Uh, I think that you were having a hard time with your models. Mm. I, I, during this segment last time, I was having a, I was having a time. <laughs> yeah. Joss Whedon Go also, ahead, Brad, sorry. Joss Whedon also wrote the first two Avengers movies, if you like them. And this is very much in the same vein as those Avengers movies. But uh, at some point in the past, in a story I'm not going to talk about, Colossus sacrificed himself to get rid of mutant AIDS. Um, and in this story, a scientist has created a cure for being a mutant, which the X-Men are fine with if people want to go take that cure uh, because they don't want to be a mutant or their power is dangerous and they're scared or whatever. But they are worried, um, justifiably, that... Uh, this cure might be weaponized against mutants against their will. So they go to the facility and they investigate and they open this door and there's a surprise. And Jared, can you guess what that surprise is? Is it Colossus? Four for four. Now, yes! Yes! I am the best. Uh, Colossus is supposed to be dead. I don't even remember what, like, justification they had for him being alive in this but he is back he joins the team this whole series is very good um and you should read it joss whedon does know what he is doing he did like the avengers movies were awesome that he did i mean has he really made anything good though yeah and you just talk about how good buffy was you're really bad at figuring this out. You just are falling for everything tonight. Um, oh, shit. I'll tell you what. I don't want to fall for twice. Is this non-sequitur <laughs> that we're getting ready to go into? <laughs> so, okay, so... Fred, Fred, sent us... Fred has, has given us a, a non-sequitur uh, recommendation, which Brad is going to cover for us. Yes, so Fred really wanted to tell everyone about the movie Cube and its sequels and how good they are. Um, I hated it the first time, and I hated the second time, too. He, he thought that Colossus being made of metal and the Cube, at least in the first one, being made of metal was a, all he needed to talk about his favorite movies, Cube. He also recommends that you watch them in release order, not chronological order, um, which I agree with. I think he's absolutely right. Uh, I also like these movies. Um, they we did really... come to the conclusion last time that that is the correct order. Yes. Uh, I, the first movie especially, they solve the problem with math. It's so great. Oh, yeah, that's great. 
I'm sure you do love that. Well, thank you, Fred, for sending in that non sequitur recommendation for us. Brad repeated what you sent in word for word. That was a direct quote. I'm reading it myself, so I can confirm that it was 100% a direct quote from Fred's mouth. Yeah, yeah, that was from the mouth. And if, uh, he's Fred from the mouth. <laughs> if Fred ever tells you otherwise, he is clearly lying because all three of us have confirmed that that is exactly what Fred sent me. Sorry, uh, Fred. He t Sorry. And he typed it in the group chat, so, like, we know. Yeah. yeah, we have the receipts clearly showing that Fred recommended Cube and its sequels. So, All right, well, uh, that wraps us up for this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us, and uh, thank you all at home listening for putting up with any fumbles I might have had uh, hosting again. I've been out of the game for a minute, but it was great to be on again. Uh, it's great to talk to all of you. And, uh, yeah, uh, I don't think that we, unless, you know, barring new cards coming in, what was on the docket for next week? Which uh, unless we get a surprise new character that we've never even seen a picture of or been told about, we're going to do Daredevil. Daredevil. All right. Well, uh, yeah. That's, Thank you, guys. Fallen fours around here. Yes, that's the most premium force. So good. Uh, yeah, uh, so thank you guys for joining us, and until then, we'll talk to you guys next week.